You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi everyone, I'm John Shea of the San Francisco Chronicle, and welcome to the Giants Splash Podcast. Our guest is Kyle Haynes, the Giants Director of Player Development, who knows all about the top prospects in the 60-man player pool, the seven players drafted, and the six who were signed as undrafted free agents. Kyle speaks of the challenges facing these young players without a minor league season and what the Giants are doing to keep them in baseball form. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. And we're 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 talking on a day the Giants suspended workouts at Oracle Park uh, as we wait for tests from the weekend. But baseball is a major challenge these days, and I'm wondering how you're doing. Yeah, no. First of all, thanks for having me, John. And um, you know, I'm I'm doing good. And I think we're all navigating just such an unknown um, environment and and world, and it's just. You know, it's like any other trying time. You're just trying to navigate it the best you can and then come out at the end, uh, you know, a little more comfortable. So uh, it's just very uncomfortable times, and baseball is not immune to that. So, But we're all doing well, and, and uh, I know um, we're, we're just getting through it the best we can. Yeah, and I guess the best part of your day is actually the hours at the ballpark when there's baseball. But uh, if I could... Let's jump jump right into what people love to talk about, and that's Marco Luciano. And I know you love this kid. Um, actually, my final player interview in spring training, 18-year-old, but seems so much more mature, got all the tools, a shortstop, 6'2". He said he's 200 pounds now, and he was added to the 60-man player pool. I thought I'd give you a chance to offer some glowing comments about Marco Luciano. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's just very naturally gifted kid and, uh, we're obviously very excited to have him. And you mentioned his maturity. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's easy to get excited about Marco for sure. Um, and I think the, the most exciting time for us is, you know, being able to get him in a low, uh, pressure situation and just, you know, adapt to San Francisco and, the ballpark and being around our major league veterans and, and our major league coaches and, um, you know, having our minor league, some of our minor league staff here in San Francisco helping him. Um, and this, this is just great. One that he's playing baseball and working out, but number two is that he's able to, to experience San Francisco, experience the ballpark and, um, you know, hopefully become comfortable in this environment. So that way someday if, if he's ever uh, called up here to the big leagues and in, in the near future, there's, there's a, a few less, um, you know, shocking things to him, such as, you know, being the first time in the city and first time in the ballpark and things of that nature and seeing that third level now. So um, maybe he's a, a little more uh, adapted to the environment. Well, you get to see what we don't get to see because the media allowed into the ballpark during these times during a certain 
segment of the day. So the earlier group, which includes all these great prospects, uh, you know, come and go before we arrive. But I've heard some great things about Luciano at the plate and some of these other kids. How is he looking at the big league ballpark? Yeah, he's looked great. Um, he looks uh, strong, healthy. Um, some some of these guys, you just don't know what they were able to do when they were home. He was able to still stay kind of working out um, back in the Dominican safely. And, you know, some guys had very little or nothing, and some guys had a lot. And, and he did a nice job staying ready. So um, he looks really good. Uh, honestly, I think it's been, it's been great to see him out on that field moving around. And, um, you know, we're excited to not only have him here, but also maybe get him to the, the taxi squad site and even work with him more. And um, being around these veteran players and picking their brain is going to be something that helps him a lot. But he's he's looked great so far, and you know I'm hoping that uh, at some point the media is going to be able to get in and and kind of you know watch him out on the on the field, move around, and and kind of get more of a firsthand experience of him that that all of us in the minor leagues have been able to see for you know a year plus now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's happening soon, I hear. But there's also Joey Barton, uh, Elliot Ramos, and Patrick Bailey, the first pick in last month's draft. These are all players invited into the uh, 60-man pool. Uh, Luis Tori, Toribio, right? Um, yes. Yep. Maybe the one who gets the least pub of all those I mentioned. Uh, wh- how tough is it or was it easy of a call to have those people in, knowing that some of them wouldn't even play in the big leagues, but it's just about advancing their development? What went into the decision-making to keep those kids as part of the pool. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's never an easy decision to leave the people off that we left off. So um, that doesn't exclude them from being added at some point. But um, at the same time, I think it was a no-brainer that, um, you know, some of these young kids needed the developmental reps and the experience that came. I think in a perfect world, they'd be playing in their minor league cities right now. But with the uh, the minor league season being canceled and the uncertainty this fall about whether, you know, we're going to be able to do much with our, our young minor league players. It was important that, that some of these guys got out and played uh, Patrick Bailey, who you mentioned, obviously it's important that we learn him and he learns us that we can help him grow, but also he missed all fall ball. You know, there's situations like he missed the fall because uh, at NC state uh, because he had a, yeah, I believe it was like a broken jaw, right? And he couldn't, he couldn't play. So he missed fall ball and then went in, into the spring and then the spring got cut short. So it was important that he gets back on the field and is, is uh, getting some developmental reps because otherwise he'd be almost uh, over a year with very little playing time if we would have held off, if, if something happened in the fall. So um, that goes for Joey and, and Ramos uh, as well. Um, so, you know, Joey had, stints cut short last year with a hand injury and you know getting cut short this year just just seemed like it was not going to be healthy for joey so um you know we made the the decision to to go ahead and and farhan uh obviously you know went it through and and we picked a few guys that needed this and obviously there's a lot more than these guys that need it but we only had so many spots yeah speaking of joey bard it's kind of a shame you mentioned the injuries and now this uh not exactly the the course that Buster Posey took uh, 10 or 12 years ago, um, it, you know, there's so many comparisons being drawn. But in his case, only 70, what, 87 plate appearances above Class A, and they were all at Double A last year, never uh, an inning in Triple A. 
So that was the idea going in for him to open in the minor leagues, we were told. But but now with the shortened season and you know the fact that you know 60 games at the big league level and he'll be developing but also perhaps available who knows they have the universal dh this year what do you see what bart could do for this team or this organization in 2020 yeah i mean i think in some regard joey probably could help the major league team you know in some regard but um we also want to make sure that we're we're not you know cutting his development short so I think there's always going to be that tough call about when is the right time uh, to make sure that Joey uh, is ready for the, for the major leagues and ready to, to be the best version of himself that he can be when he does get there. And, um, you know, I think that's going to be a debate probably all summer long, to be quite honest, is uh, when is the right time? And, and it'll, it'll vary day by day. And, and that'll be a decision. I know uh, Farhan and Scott Harris and, and Gabe Kapler and others that, uh, we'll be bouncing off each other all the time. So, um, you know, there's no doubt that, that Joey could help in some shape or form probably right now. Uh, but at the same time, we also don't want to stall Joey's development by, you know, wanting to see him just in the, in the big leagues before he's ready. Okay. Makes sense. And Farhan Zaidi, uh, said something I've never heard before. You can never have too many catchers, never have too much catching. And I knew that about pitching. I didn't know that about catching. And sure enough, you have Bailey, you have Bart, and you have Posey in the big leagues, a six-time All-Star and three-time World Series champ. So that's a pretty deep position in this organization. How, how do you see that playing out with two catchers uh, who are elite, elite prospects um, and uh, you know well-decorated and maybe on the fast track, maybe not to the big leagues, but maybe one day they'll be teammates with the Giants? Yeah, it's uh, these things have a way of playing themselves out, and um, you know who knows. We're probably it seems like we're looking towards a you know universal DH here soon, probably. And you know, honestly, personally, I kind of I kind of like the National League style, not because I like watching pitchers hit. I just I always like how the the pitcher spot is. It always seems to to interact with big innings, and it ends up playing a part. And and uh, you know, creates a, a lot more of a, a jockey, but you know, we're looking at that DH and, and as we get the DH with, you know, Buster and, and Joey both being right-handed hitters and, and Patrick being a switch hitter, there's ways to be creative to probably get enough playing time for all of them if needed uh, when that time comes. And, you know, these, these situations tend to work themselves out and having uh, too many good players is a good problem to have for the San Francisco giants. Obviously maybe not the fairest thing for, for those guys, but, I think, uh, you know, instead of looking for someone who's just adequate enough and one of them each, uh, you know, having having uh, too many good options to pick from is never a bad thing. Well, Hunter Bishop was your first round pick last year. And what is new with him? He tested positive for the COVID before the 60-man pools were set. So he went into quarantine. And what's his situation now? And could we see him soon? His situation now is he's... Um, he's at home and well, his home in Arizona, um, currently, uh, quarantined, making sure he gets through his health protocols the way he's supposed to. He feels great. Uh, I talk to him pretty regularly. Uh, and, uh, he says he's feel, feeling great and he did the right thing. He, you know, he, he knew he was exposed to someone who did test positive. He tested himself and, and while he was still feeling great and, 
and the test unfortunately came back positive and he reported it right away. Um, and, uh, you know, he decided to, to shelter in place there so he didn't expose other people. And um, he very easily could have been greedy and hid from it and, and uh, you know, something like that. But instead he knew what the right thing to do was. And he's feeling great. He's doing great. He's just unable to, to leave until he gets through this, uh, you know, the protocol for, uh, for a positive case. And, um, you know, I think the plan would be that once we can get him cleared and get him healthy, that we, we can maybe somehow, you know, get him some, some reps, reps in if it's here, if it's in Sacramento, when that time arrives. Okay. And, um, there are players who, you know, some pretty big time prospects who are not on the 60 man pool, uh, Sean Jelly, Seth Corey, um, Alexander Canario and many others. Uh, how, how do you monitor them? How do you know that they're doing what they need to do? And how tough is it that they're really going to miss a full season because they're not part of this at all? Yeah. So, I mean, we're still hoping for some fall, uh, you know, first of all, which yeah. would obviously give a lot of guys some help uh, with, with reps if possible. So we're still crossing our fingers on that. Um, you know, uh, as for Alexander Canario, um, we're actually going to go ahead and add him. He's in San Francisco right now waiting out his um, intake testing just to make sure that when he arrives uh, that he's completely uh, clear of, uh, of, the, of COVID-19 and, and uh, that he's feeling strong before he ever enters the stadium. So it's a process that every single person, including myself, has went through. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it can be a little slower. Uh, he had to fly all the way in and et cetera. And, but he's, he's going to join. I believe here soon. Um, and, um, you know, as for the pitching, I think it's, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, one, one area that we've really leaned on is trying to make sure that the position players are here um, getting as many uh, developmental reps as they can on the field hitting and that uh, the pitching prospects then are much more uh, able to stay home and still get their work in, uh, whether it's in San Francisco or locally where they're at. So I know Sean is working really hard. I know Seth's working really hard uh, and others as well that we haven't mentioned mm-hmm. uh, on the pitching side. So I'd say in general, the, the pitching prospects are, are kind of guys that got excluded from the 60 man pool, unfortunately, but we also feel like uh, their development can still take a steps forward at home much easier than the position players. We'll have more of Kyle Haynes right after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. How serious do you take those rankings? Because the Giants are higher than I recall. I've covered the team for a long, long time, and they've gotten you know a lot of 25 to 30, 20 to 30, somewhere on the back end. But you know the way you're drafting and bringing in the international talent, you seem to be rising on the charts. Yeah, no, we're we're very proud, obviously, of the farm system. But one of our goals is not to not to win the farm system rankings, <laughs> to win in the big league. So. I think our hope is that, uh, you know, we can we can translate a lot of these minor league guys, and it won't be all of them, 
Um, hopefully it is all of them, but you know, you can't count on, on every one of them turning out, but you know, if you can create a, a good, uh, depth pool of talented players and, and you got better odds of, of, you know, creating that next group, uh, wave of, of homegrown talent or, or players that, uh, you know, can, can help at least challenge other players for jobs. And, um, you know, obviously when you're, when you're competing, it's just so hard in baseball to build a good farm system because you're always needing to trade for pieces. Otherwise you're just living in free agency and then you never pick high in the draft. Um, so it makes it really challenging on the teams, uh, who are consistently winning, uh, to never make mistakes almost in any trade or, or in, in, in the draft, which is, uh, or the international signing period, which is really, um, tough. It's tough to do. You're going to make mistakes on kids this young, but you, you really, it's hard. It's, it's really difficult to win and build a farm system at the same time, but that's something we're going to try to do. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of our farm system, but you know, the bottom line is we got a lot of really good players. The players deserve the credit. Um, obviously our, our coaching and, and some change in some player development, uh, philosophies has really, um, helped a lot of those in-between prospects like a Luis Toribio and some of the Canarios who weren't high money signings, but you know, players make plays. So play, the, the talent of the players makes us look really smart in the minor leagues. The draft held last month. We spoke about Patrick Bailey of NC state at number one, but a couple other guys who really jump off and you took seven picks in five rounds because of the supplementary picks, uh, having lost Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith. But Casey Schmidt, the third baseman closer out of San Diego State, and in the fifth round, Kyle Harrison, local kid out of De La Salle, a lefty, who was targeted for UCLA, but seems like he is going to turn pro. But what about those two guys? Yeah, um, you know, Casey seems to be just a jack-of-all-trades baseball player, a great kid. I recently... Uh, met him, you know, during his physical real briefly and helped him sign his contract and seemed like a great kid, barely excited to get started. Um, he's going to be a third base only for us, uh, even though he did pitch for his college team and was a closer. Uh, I, he definitely probably has the talent to try it, but um, we really believe him as a third baseman. Um, and, uh, you know, he's just a baseball player. That's that's the best way to describe him, not just a corner him into a only a defender or only hitter. He can probably do anything on the field that he wants to do. We're seeing a plus defensive third baseman who, who should be able to hit. And, you know, it's our job in player development is to, to bring out the most in that bat. And from all indicators is, you know, he, he's going to be a really good defensive third baseman from the first day he enters our, our system. Uh, obviously he's got a plus throwing arm, those 95 off the mound. So um, that's, that's a good thing. And then, uh, you know, from the, from the bat, we, we think there's a lot more there and a lot of good qualities that are there. And it's our job player development to make those things come out and shine. And then Harrison. Um, yeah. And Harrison, um, young high school left-hander with just a plus feel for pitching, uh, you know, plus command. Um, he's already got a good, good fastball, low nineties, maybe can bump it up a little higher if he needed to good slider with a lot of potential on it with good command. Um, you know, we feel like we, we got a great player there. Hopefully, uh, he's, he's obviously still, still got to, uh, you know, finalize some details and sign, but, um, you know, when that time comes, we, we feel really good about the, the player that we're going to bring in and, and being a local kid, uh, to help, uh, you know, support the, the, the Bay area and, and have that, uh, you know, local, uh, you know, feel to the team is, is always an added bonus. 
Well, and then after such an unusual 2020 in so many ways, the draft is only five rounds, but then the opportunity to sign anybody, um, undrafted free agents is what they're called, and the Giants picked up six of them. Uh, what is it, five college kids and uh, a high school kid from Washington, but uh, uh, there's there's some intriguing talent in there. It was just going down the list, the, the pitcher from Illinois, uh, uh, Ty Weber, the outfielder from North Carolina Central, Carter Williams, um, Will Jensen, uh, pitcher from Pepperdine, uh, Brett Auerbach, a, a catcher from Alabama, another catcher from USF here in town, Robert Emery, and then the high school kid from Washington, an outfielder, Tyler Forner. Might you address a couple of those, in, including the uh, Emery catcher from uh, from USF and, and what went into those signings and what do you like about these guys? Yeah, no, we, you know, you know, first of all, Michael Holmes did an amazing job, him and his staff, uh, amazing at their preparation for the draft. And then that helped uh, kind of bring these these names to the forefront of guys that we wanted to target. Um, you know, some teams, uh, these all these kids had college eligibility left to some shape or form. And, and obviously with the draft being limited and the bonuses being limited, um, I think a lot of people expected this to be this amazing amount of talent. Well, you know, a lot of guys can go back to school. So I think we really just narrowed in on, on, a, on, on specific targets that we really valued um, instead of signing guys that, that are not going to get a play because you have Peribios or Canarios and, and guys like that, who Lucianos who, who are going to get to play, you know, next year. And instead of signing guys that are, are not going to get playing time, um, we targeted the ones that we really wanted uh, and pursued those hard. And, yeah, I mean, we feel very blessed to get the guys we got. And I can, you know, legitimately say that everyone that we signed was a, a priority target for us uh, to some degree. And it was, uh, you know, identified as our scouts, as people that, um, you know, we, we really needed to have. Um, you know, the big hour back, uh, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was a huge priority for us. Uh, it took a little while. We fought off I, oh geez i wonder how many teams I, I bet but he would have to answer that question it probably was over 20 out of the 30 teams were pursuing him and uh you know he's a catcher utility guy he can play everywhere he does a little bit of everything uh, and uh we were we were extremely you know excited about him and and i don't want to single him out because i could talk about all the guys um you know because a lot of the guys that we did pursue as well that we had as priorities uh, did return to college so you kind of tip your hat and you know as they take their education serious and and they went ahead and went back and maybe we'll have another shot at them in next year's draft but um yeah i mean i think there's some hidden gems in there i I know i was excited about each and every one of them personally um but um you know on robert emory we 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 would be a a fool to ignore you know what he did at, at usf and and how good of a career he had there and and uh, not to not to keep repeating Farhan's uh, saying that you can't ever have too much catching. And so, um, you know, we'll we'll enter, let him enter the system and and see how he plays from there. But we're excited to have the local kid who who had a very nice accomplished career at, at USF and uh, very deserving of you know signing with his his hometown team. And do you you know everything about the minor league kids you had in camp in February and March? And most of most of those are now off, uh, away from the game or doing things on their own in the game, but just not at Oracle Park with the other uh, prospects. And now you have a whole new list of draftees 
and undrafted free agents that you haven't had in the system but now suddenly are joining the system. How do you monitor those guys versus the guys that you know that you've had in the organization for a year or two or three compared to these folks? Yeah, I mean, we just compare the best we can. Um, obviously, we're staying in contact with them. We're trying to get video from the ones that are working remotely uh, from whatever we can. You know, it's tough. It's tough to evaluate these guys until we get them side by side and and really see how they, they compare to each other. But, um, you know, we're just doing whatever we can at this point. Um, some guys are progressing really well at home and gaining velocity and, and really working on things, and some guys are, are kind of their growth more stagnant. Um, so we won't really fully know kind of the effects of this, this layoff and this missed season, maybe until next late next spring training after we can kind of get guys all in the same view. And, you know, that same thing goes for the non-draft free agents or the drafted players where, you know, they missed a huge part of their college season. So, you know, they're missing huge development windows as well. So, um, there's still a lot of unknowns to be, to be known with, with both our players and the players that we recently signed. Sure. Uh, before we sign off here, I, 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 uh, Jalen Davis, so intriguing. Um, I, I hear nothing but good things from Farhan, from Gabe, and he did it all in AAA, and we saw him a little bit in the big leagues, but how good can this young man be? Yeah, I mean, I think the sky's the limit, and he showed us that last year um, between uh, the Twins in AAA and in Sacramento when we made the trade there. Uh, he, looked, he looked fantastic, and he got a brief uh, cup of coffee there in the big league September and now he's got his feet wet and hopefully now he's ready to take off. And um, I think he's kind of really came into his own last year and, and figured out a lot of things. And the hope would be that he's able to take those that he figured out in AAA last year and took a huge step forward and now just transition those to the major leagues, which is easier said than done. But uh, you know, now he's, he's got that rookie status already over with. He's been called up. He's, you know, he's no longer having to carry that burden of, am I ever going to play in the big leagues? He's, he's played in the big leagues and now it's just up, up to him to go out and, and take advantage and seize the opportunity that's, that's in front of him. And I think if he's uh, the same player that we saw last year, then he has a chance to be a, a nice starting outfielder for us for a long time. Well, Leslie, I imagine how tough this roller coaster emotionally has been for you uh, let alone the players, but how have you dealt with it from watching these prospects in spring training to having the game suddenly shut down in mid-March to monitoring all these young players over the past few months to finally bringing them here in San Francisco and, uh, you know, to, to monitor their progress, but all you know, also to monitor those who aren't here. How, how's that gone for you? Because it's just a crazy 2020 for everybody, but you're overseeing the farm system and that's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's been overwhelming at times for a lot of us, but um, you know, this is what we do. This is what we signed up for. And especially myself where uh, I think Mike Tyson always said, everybody's got a great plan until they get punched in the mouth. And in a way we've been punched in the mouth by the, by the uh, pandemic here, uh, as far as our plans go for the minor leagues and how we're going to operate. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, big part of what we do is being reactionary to problems that you can't predict. And uh, these are these, this is a huge, huge problem that we could not predict. And we've just been very reactionary and uh, it's definitely not been easy. It's not been clean. It's not been perfect, but we're doing the best we can. I know that. And 
I, I'd put what, what um, our farm system and our, our coordinators and our staff, uh, how well they've handled this whole situation, our players. I would put us up against anybody and how well we've handled this, uh, you know, imperfect situation. Uh, we're never going to handle it perfectly, uh, but we're trying to handle a, a very uh, messy uh, situation the, the best we can. Uh, and we know we're not perfect, but, you know, there's, there's just no way to plan it. We don't know the rules. Uh, what we can or can't do and we're just waiting a lot and um, trying to plan for things we don't even know if, if we're allowed to do in the fall for example but we're just doing the best we can it's it's been a mess we know we've made mistakes but at the same time we'll put uh, you know the way our, our staff and the PD side has act, uh, handled this situation up against anybody I'm very proud of them well that's great uh, Kyle thank you very much I wanted to you know, thank you for your honesty and your time and your thoughts and the best of luck to you and the team moving forward in these challenging times. Yeah, thanks for having me on, John. We're, we're excited to watch some baseball. I know it's tough uh, for everyone right now. It seems like everything's, every piece of news is negative, but, um, you know, I know I was in the ballpark today and, and everyone's looking at each other, but, um, you know, I know everyone in that ballpark is as safe as we can be and we're safer there than we would be in a grocery store somewhere, so... Uh, we're just excited to get out on that field and, and play some baseball and and uh, maybe give some people back home something to watch and, and feel good about other than just watching, uh, you know, the negativity that's that's just surrounding our lives nowadays. Thanks for joining us on the Giant Splash podcast. Henry Shulman and I will continue bringing you podcasts approaching the start of the scheduled 2020 season. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com pod.